0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Hernishan, joined, as always, by my colleague over at Blue Chip Scouting, the best co-host of the business, Devin Jackson. Before we hear from Devin, though, guys, just uh, appreciate you for just kind of letting us have a week off. It was desperately needed. Devin traveled back home. I just needed a break. I was completely burnt out for a week. Just kind of recharge our batteries. Bring back that energy that you guys have come to know and love from us. But also, I want to remind everyone that today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, except it's way better and way better for you. I uh, have been... Carefully, carefully uh, munging out on some protein bars during this Christmas break, not gonna lie, absolutely delicious, and zero guilt for me, 18 grams of protein, just 4 grams of sugar. Use the promo code BIGSHOTS, all one word, all caps, to get 10% off your next Built Bar purchase. Devin, how you doing today, man? Well,
1: first of all, the people listening, I know you heard this man recite it like it was a commercial. So I thought I was listening to a real ad after he did the initial one. So uh, I, I want to give him a shout out for that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, definitely feel well rested and uh, heading into about to head into a new year later this week, which is crazy to think about. You know, just had Christmas. But, man, uh, excited to, you know, go full fledged into draft season. Uh, we both got our credentials last night for the Senior Bowl, uh, which is exciting, uh, second straight year. Um, but, uh, I will actually be a part of it this year. So.
0: No missed flights this year, my friend. Why? Because there ain't no flights, because neither of us are traveling down. We're doing it virtually, again, thanks to uh, Jim Nagy for the amazing work he's doing. He's really done a great job the last couple of years of making the Senior Bowl more open to smaller media. I know back in the previous regime, it was a lot of NFL Network, ESPN, Bleacher Report. If you really weren't one of those big media conglomerates, it was really hard to get in, unless you had like a basically a cult following on uh, Twitter – which, it's no longer that way now. I mean, let's put it this way, Devin. You and I each last year got credentialed and we had about 500 or so less followers than we do right now. Yeah. Each? I was at 300 followers on Twitter and still able to get into the Senior Bowl. Now? I think I was at like 1200. Yeah, so, I mean, I know vocalist. you're more popular than me. <laughs> nah, man. But not nah, nah, again. No, nah, uh,
1: you, you, you are, you still are definitely well respected, man. Uh, uh, I would definitely try. say, I'm I would definitely say that because, like, I mean, you know, in those threads, everyone posts your name always gets mentioned. So, yes, sir. It show love.
0: I think anything with Christian Darius, I'm attached to in terms of. Hmm. Uh... <laughs> that reminds me. It's been a while since we were last on the show, Devin. Mm-hmm. And since we were last on the show, our guy, friend of the podcast, Christian Derrissaw, went pro.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was expected, oh, you yeah. know, especially after a season he's had. But, you know, he's really getting mocked in the top 20, top 25. So you love top to see 10 it. 10 at times? Yeah, you love to see it. I see um, the popular landing spot is the Chargers, so. Hey,
0: they're picking 10th right now, I think, so. That's a lot more – that's a lot easier to swallow than, say, six. Yeah. But, no, again, really proud of uh, Christian. I talked to him after uh, he declared, um I don't know. I don't know. Just putting this out there, there may be something involving Christian in the future. We're working on it. We're working on it. I'm not going to make any promises, yeah. but I'm, we are working on it.
1: Yeah, we we can't let y'all know just yet, though. It's, it's coming, though
0: just know we tryin we really really tryin but january regardless is going to be a fantastic year we have some great guests lined up that i can't wait to bring on the show um but that's not what we're going to talk about today obviously why why look a month in, in the future we're about the draft we look 4 months in the future uh, there have been a lot of declarations, as would be expected in any given year, but especially this year, because technically everyone is an underclassman, because this year did not count towards your eligibility. I would say to Devin, before we hit record, we're automatically going to set a record for, uh, for declarations, because in order for there to be a draft, we have to, because there's, there needs to be 250 players. Um, so we're going to look at who's, um, opted out of bowl games, who's already declared, and, um, yeah, we're just gonna go through that, uh, the NFL games, I mean, all you really need to know is that picks one and two are locked in, I think that possibly after next week, we might do our first full episode mock draft, that might be something we do, um, but, you know, that's a story for another time, let's get into some of these early declarations, Is there anyone you want to start off with, uh, Devin?
1: Um, I don't know if there's someone specific. I I just been I've been kind of looking through, but I guess the first one, a good one to start is Shaka Tony, you know. Yeah, he let's he talk de- about Shaka. Declared, he declared uh he's someone, you know, if you haven't gotten a chance to to watch him, his bin is insane. He has one probably one of the better bins in this class, you know, when you talk about He's got his, like Jason type bend. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's got ridiculous Ben and, you know, that one, two punch with Jason Oway, who also declared and Shaka Tony, uh, they were, they were deadly at times. I remember the Indiana game, uh, towards the end when we thought they won the game, uh, Penn State sealed it, you know, they were going crazy. Penn State A couple of the, game. that what well, they should have won. Um, but yeah, so, uh, for Shaka Tony, man, uh, you know, he grew up in Philly, uh, someone that, you know, was really made a name for himself. You know, we were talking about him even last year with uh, Ytor Grosmatos kind of taking all the noise and whatnot, but he sounds... How sounded...
0: terrifying is it that at one point this defense had Jason Oway, Shaka Tony, Micah Parsons, and Yitor Grosmatos playing at the same time?
1: Yeah, that is... Imagine if Jason Oway was, like, at that development of this year, you know, where he was... Causing a lot of pressures and, and disrupting with his, his athletics, athleticism and speed. I mean, it's crazy. But uh, for me, you know, Shaka Tony is probably. I think he solidify himself as a as a day two guy, probably a, a mid to late day two guy, uh, maybe day three if if things don't go well in terms of testing. Uh, but I think he's a specialized pass rusher that is probably not going to give you much uh, in terms of defending the run, but. He's someone when you ask him to go get the quarterback on third down, he's going to get him.
0: Now, I'm glad you mentioned Oa as well because they create a, an interesting dichotomy in terms of evaluation. Because, I, I mean, you look at—sorry, um, my headphones just decided to blare an ESPN video in my ears. I was going to try to talk. Um, when you look at the at the stat breakdown, Shaka, um, you know, he's been consistent throughout his his career, four year starter. Four sacks in in 2017, five in in 2018, six and a half in 2019, and then five again this year. And then you look at Jason Owa, who had zero sacks this year, but a ton of pressure. Right. Tony, I mean, if we were talking about a full 12-game season with Penn State actually being able to field a competitive team for most of that season... Shaka's probably putting up seven or eight sacks this year,
1: right? Yeah, he's he's constantly been improving every year.
0: Yeah, like, he has improved, because he, here's the thing. He was so raw last year.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, the Purdue game, he had, what, three sacks, but all of them were just because he simply mm. ran by the linemen.
0: And then you look at Owe, who, as a rotational guy, when Ytor needed to come off the field, or when um, Shaka needed to come off the field last year, he had five sacks. Uh, but this year, I mean, the tackle numbers went up. He had 21 total tackles uh, in 2019. He had 38 this year, but zero sacks. But he had, like, quiddy pay numbers in terms of hurries Pressure. yeah. and, and pressures. So the production isn't there in terms of box score, but you watch the film and you just know. I, and by the way, both of these kids are just well, Bill. always he's 6'5", 250, and there were reports he runs, like, a 4'4", flat.
1: And he can put on weight, too.
0: And he has size to put on. Meanwhile, Shaka is 6'3", 250. Um, you know, I, I put out a tweet yesterday that Shaka would fit so well with the Giants. I would hate it. And I'm pretty sure Shaka would, too, because he's from Philly.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but... Yeah. Their defensive line coach was the defensive line coach at Penn State while he yeah, while he was there a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. Middle linebacker, they've got Cam Brown, his former teammate. Again, another great dude. Love Cam Brown. Hate the fact he's on the Giants. Love Cam Brown.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, they're, and, and- they're
0: so He's so good in terms of what you're getting. Like you're not getting a guy that's gonna be a three-down player right off the bat, but he may come in as a rookie and get, as a developmental guy, six, seven sacks.
1: Oh, yeah, hey, you're going to need to
0: sit and develop him, but he has, like, 10 or 11 sack a year upside. And the thing is, both of these guys, you're probably getting them in the in the second round. You're probably getting talk, uh, Shaka in the third. Like, it's a really deep class. These guys would have been top five in last year's class.
1: I mean, if you compare the measurables between what Chaseon and, and Oway, uh, you find it hard you find it hard to believe that teams would pick Chaseon over uh, Owe, You know, just based off his Traits, you know, he he has a ridiculous get off. I mean, just ridiculous. And for me, this isn't necessarily a comp, but he reminds me so much of Brian Burns. You know what he's doing in the NFL now. You know he's getting close. He kept getting close to getting sacks. You know, kind of raw came up, coming out, but every year he's taking a step in his development, and he's kind of kind of a breakout year this season. So, yeah. you know, for Oway, I kind of see that same type of projection, depending on what you know team picks him up and who was developing him, but I think Owe has a chance to really be one of those premier sack guys and be, you know, someone that is just a terror, honestly.
0: Yep. Um, this just in, sorry, This. well, not this just in, it happened about an hour ago, but Ben Cleveland, the guard from Georgia, has declared for the NFL draft. He will be skipping the bowl game. Haven't really gotten around to him just yet, um, I can say that from what I have watched, he's impressed me more than guys like Cade Mays, who I came away just so disappointed with this year at, at Tennessee.
1: Yeah, it just blows my mind that people still have him as a, you know, a top flight inside offensive lineman. You know, he, he just hasn't been good, and he's one of those guys that has the big name; everyone knows him. So you know, they kind of do it based off a of reputation, but. I mean, he has even been close to being the
0: best this season. No, um, so yeah, I'm I'm kind of um, excited about that because uh, uh, again, I want to kind of dig into some of these guys. Um, let's see who else of note has declared. None of the quarterbacks really have made any any indications. Um, running back Jamar Jefferson, Javante Williams, and Michael Carter all declared. Uh, so did Brandon Knox, who I actually got a chance to watch. I was watching some Marshall and I know I mentioned this heading into the season. I want to talk about Knox for a second. Mm -hmm. He screamed fullback to me because he was this big, bulky running back, like 225, 230. And yeah, he led the conference in, in yards, but. He rarely ripped off a, a run of more than six. Um, <laughs> sorry, couldn't really get behind it, but man, this year he slimmed down quite a bit. His contact balance is still really good, and that Marshall offensive line was really good, led by, um, by Josh Ball, uh, who our guy uh, Eric Edholm mentioned when he was on the podcast. They're, Marshall's got some dudes. I think Brandon Knox is probably going to be someone you're going to get on late day three, probably in that like, you know, round five through seven territory, but you might come away with at ver at the start, a short yardage, uh, running back and he could steal carries from, from anyone in a committee. I think he's actually got like RB2 in a committee, um, potential.
1: Yeah. He, he's pretty good. Uh, another player on Marshall that, you know, doesn't necessarily get any buzz or anything. I really like Xavier Gaines or tight end. Uh he's kind of that receiver tight end blend uh that we've kind of come to know and him. And, and you've you said it best the other day. Uh, you know, has an Evan Ingram type build. Uh but I've i really liked him. Watched him over the summer, like what he brought to the table. Uh, you know, he kinda got lost in a shuffle with Marshall's offense that started off really hot but then sizzled out. Pretty much at the end of the season, uh, when Grant Wells pretty much struggled down the stretch, but, uh, he has, you know, taken some, you know, 60, 70 yard, uh, catches, you know, out for scores. So he's someone to watch as well, uh, probably, you know, one of those day three, maybe UD, UDFA type guys, but, uh, someone that, you know, if he finds a position to stick in, he could, he could be good. Uh, and then someone that's probably not going to declare this year, but someone to keep an eye out for the future, Stephen Gilmore, uh, Stephon Gilmore's brother, uh, that plays defensive back on Marshall. So someone to watch in, for the future, but I don't think he declares this year.
0: Watch their hybrid linebacker safety, Tavante Beckett Devin. Now he's listed as a, he's a, he's listed as a linebacker for them. I've kind of moved him to safety. Um His frame looks kind of maxed out. And he's 5'11", <laughs> That screams, like, box safety to me. Yeah. But decent. He's actually really good in run support, which is, again, kind of why I think he's going to be kind of that joker position. Um, just an all-around solid, solid young player. Think again, could if he declares sneak into that uh, late stage, uh, day three type player. Uh, who else do I want to talk about? I'm thinking, and I'm looking through my board. uh, Oh, let's talk Marco Wilson. Oh, boy. Is there ever an instance where the team gets better because the player's going to skip the bowl game?
1: Uh, It's very rare.
0: Uh, Now, I want to preface this by saying that going into the season, I actually didn't mind Marco Wilson's 2019 take. I didn't think he was going to light the world on fire. Didn't think he was the best athlete. Just kind of thought solid. Kind of, you know, you could put him outside if you needed to. Did not think that he was going to be a slot corner at the next level. His upside was as a boundary corner, but like a a CB2. This year has just not been good. He allows big plays all over the field. And then, you know he thrush you yeah i mean it's like
1: look man you know you just can't have that happen man <laughs> you you just can't do that and then they proceed to lose the game and you know everyone says it doesn't come down to one play but it's it's two to three plays every game that changed the game and that was one of those plays that changed the game uh, not necessarily plays, but one of the actions that changed the game. Um, it, it's not looking good for him right now,
0: man. Nope. It's really I, I'm honestly, here's the thing. I'm at 19 corners, and he's second from the bottom.
1: And as the more corners you watch, it's probably just going to keep sinking, to be honest.
0: Yeah, like, I'm there are, here are the corners I still have left to watch, and I think there are going to be a couple that top him. So on my, on my, immediate need to watch right now. Uh, Kelvin Joseph from Kentucky. Heard good things about him. I think that he, uh, he's already declared. Uh, yeah. He, like, led the SEC in interceptions or something this year. Uh, Chris Wilcox, who was mentioned by our guy Eric Edholm. Nishan Wright from Oregon State, the brother of the the uh, Last Chance you kid. Mm-hmm. Both Oregon corners. Rashad Wildgoose from uh, Wisconsin. There are some dudes. I don't know if he's Honestly, gonna even make the top 25 at the position.
1: Yeah, we'll see.
0: Who's your next guy you want to talk, talk about?
1: Uh, I've been, I was looking at some of the lists there, uh, you know, just from uh, shout out to the NFL Draft Bible. Uh, they're doing big things, but I was taking a look. There's a couple guys that for me has kind of flown under the radar and I watched over the summer. Uh, one being Tyreek Thompson, the safety out of San Diego State. Uh, he's, he's not necessarily a box corner. Uh, kind of has that build though, but he's someone that, you know, had quite a bit of interceptions last year. Someone that I, I really like. Um, but I don't see him going before day three. Now I'm looking at some of these other lists. You know, obviously you got our guy Cam Bynum. We know how we both feel about him. Um, I really like Richie Grant from what I've seen from him, safety LUCF. Uh, you know, he's, he's looks really good in coverage. Uh, makes some plays on the ball. Uh, I haven't done a deep dive on him, but I definitely want to, I want to get into this corner and safety class and, and get a little bit more into them. Uh, I th- I feel like, you know, they're quite a bit of corners that no one's really talking about. And then for me, Elijah Vera Tucker, man.
0: That's yeah. Let's bad. talk about Elijah Vera That's Tucker. a bad
1: dude right there.
0: Um, probably plays guard,
1: probably plays guard the next level. Uh, he had a really struggle time, uh, against Kayvon Thibodeau in the Pac-12 championship. And, uh, I actually, I actually found out he was dealing with injury, uh, in that game. Uh, had, had a hamstring injury. So, uh, just wanted to, to let people know that, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's a stud, man. I, I really like what he brings to the table. Um, and you know, it's gonna be interesting to see a team's value him as a tackle or a guard. You know, he has the guard build, but he's done pretty, he's done good things as a tackle. I mean, he's a damn good run blocker. That's his calling card. Uh, he moves people in the run game, but, you know, for me, I worry about if you stick him out at tackle, uh, whether or not he's gonna be able to get into his sets quick enough. Cause Kayvon Thibodeau, there was times where he literally just blew him off the ball. You know, just by how quick he is. So I see Garb probably at the next level. Uh, I really like his value in round three. I think, I think that would be like the perfect value. I could see him going round two, but I think, you know, a team shit like the Vikings, I think they could love, they would love Elijah Barrett. Don't
0: don't tell our guy Tyler Fornas that. Listen, he might block you.
1: He might, but round three value, he does like that value he doesn't like first round value for Elijah Bear Tiger. So that's why I would say. But I like him, uh Deontay Smith, guy you like. Um, you know, people are starting to kind of get on that train as well. Uh you mentioned him over the summer. Um and you know he's a little bit on the light side, but rumors say that, you know, he's getting up to three oh five, so he's trying to get to that weight to be a tackle Probably still ends
0: up being a guard, I think. Probably Yeah, because here's my thing. Like I like Deontay Smith, but one, I mean that East Carolina offense was so bad his entire time there, and it's not his fault purely. Um but he's six four, he's gotten up to three oh five. I think teams are just gonna label him a guard.
1: Probably. Fairly fair it.
0: or unfair. He's just he's just gonna be labeled as a guard.
1: Yeah. Um also someone else that i uh saw that's gone to the senior bowl, jack anderson the uh i believe he's a right guard out of texas tech
0: i haven't gotten around to him yet
1: he's he's, he's one very technically him. I sound haven't gotten around yet. yeah he, he's one of those technically sound guards uh doesn't really allow any pressures uh, very stout in the past game he's like there's nothing really you know overly you know Exciting about him, but he's just a good football player, if that makes sense. Like, he's going to get the job done. Uh, he's, he's not going to allow any sacks or anything like that, any pressures, really. Uh, he have all the stability around Texas Tech. You know, they had Rotan Dora quarterback, you know, uh, Alan Bowman continuously getting hurt. Uh, but he, he's, you know, recovered after being out all of 2019 with a, uh, knee injury, but he came back and he looked really, really strong this fall. Uh, and I, I like his value probably late D probably day three, I think will probably be his best value fourth fifth round. Uh, but I think he's someone that you got to keep an eye out for and, uh, interior offensive lineman that, you know, I like him a little bit less than Drake Jackson, but they're kind of in that same area for me.
0: Uh, speaking of interior offensive line, one that is going back to school is the Boston college kid, Zion Johnson. Uh, I don't know if you would watch a lot of this kid, Devin. No, but I that Boston not Boston that off- Boston College offensive line is really deep. They got uh, Tyler Vrabel, uh, Ben Petrula, and Zion Johnson. And Johnson was seen as the best prospect out of any of them, possibly a top 100 guy. And he went back for an extra year. And that's big for him because with another solid year, he could easily find himself going in that top 50 range maybe next year. Because, again, this is a pretty decent interior offensive line class, this is a de- decent offensive line class across the board. Uh, with the tackle depth, and the interior is actually pretty good as well. Um, I think that was a smart decision. Uh, Yeah, like you said, I'm going to have to actually get going on on Jack Anderson as well. Um, I want to talk about Antonio Nunn. I I just, I want to talk about Antonio Nunn. If you follow me on Twitter, you have seen, you've probably seen at least one of my Antonio Nunn tweets. Uh, I don't know what caused me to start tweeting those every time he made a big play, but it's just kind of become my gimmick. Uh, and it's kind of funny cause, uh, Antonio has found those tweets. I don't tag him in them or anything and he's found them. Uh, it's kind of been, you know, funny to watch, but no, he, he declared this is a big play receiver. I don't think he's overly big. I think he's about 5'11 if I'm not mistaken. Um, but he, he's got some bunnies on him, man. He he can go and get any ball that's thrown his way, and it's not exactly like Buffalo's got a great quarterback that they're going to be thrown to. Um, Vantrese. Vantrese, yeah. Uh, why can't I spell? Uh No, I honestly think Antonio Nunn is going to slide under the radar, and someone's going to get a very good player in, like, honestly, round five, round six, but I may have him graded as, like, a, a round four guy. Yeah, 5'11", 200 pounds from Tampa, I'm pretty sure he's related to the guy from the uh from the Miami Heat. Uh Kendrick Nunn. I'm pretty sure it's actually his younger brother. Oh wow. I, I might be wrong. Um but I'm 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 pretty sure they are related. Um
1: yeah, that would be cool. Um, yeah, which
0: might explain the hops, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally not, good. man. Buffalo's yeah.
0: got some playmakers.
1: That's what I'm saying, man. It's like there are receivers in the group of five, men that are just so damn good. You know, Jalen Darden, Toyo Nunn, uh, just to name a few. I mean, those, those two guys right there, uh, even Rico Bussy, you know, he's pretty good as well. Um, even though he hasn't had, you know, the impressive season that he's had in the past, but, They, they got some dudes, man, that, that are good. I'm gonna be high on Antonio Nunn and Jalen Darden. I think both of them are, bring something different to the table. While Darden has the speed and explosiveness, Nunn has the ability to just want to go get it. You know? And he can get behind defenders as well. You know, the battle between, uh, Antonio Nunn and Antonio Phillips in, in the, uh, the MAC championship. Some I highlighted a couple of weeks ago and talked with Eric Edholm about, you know, th- that was an impressive match of two guys that probably late round guys, but you know, can make a name for themselves in, in the league. So Antonio Nunn, man, he, he's, he's a damn good player. Uh, hopefully we can get him on the pod, you know, to hear a story and, and talk to him about what he brings to the table. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, so if you listen to this Antonio, man, come on to, come on to the show, man.
0: Absolutely. We are, de- we are definitely big Antonio Nunn guys. Uh, anyone else you want to, you want to talk about?
1: Alaric Jackson. Uh, someone I think he just, uh, did yesterday. Uh, but someone we both identified last year coming off a knee injury, uh, that struggled, you know, someone that Quiddy Pay took his lunch money last year.
0: Probably a guard. Uh, um, so did Chakatone.
1: Yeah, that that too. But uh he's probably a guard at the next level. Um he's a he's a really good run blocker. Iowa always has those good run blocking offensive linemen, uh Tyler Lindenbaum as well. But <sighs> pass pro, man, that that's his biggest weakness as a tackle, which is why I think he may be kicked down to guard. And I feel like this year out of all years, I feel like a lot of tackles are already being projected as guards. And I don't know if that's a normal thing or not, but it, it seems very out of ordinary this year. And you know, it there's kind of a hesitation to you know mock them as a guard, but at the same time, when you see some of the reps that they have and whatnot, you you have no choice, you know. But I think maybe he could work at tackle, but I I don't know, man. I'm just not confident in. in him being able to consistently, uh, neutralize pass rushers at the next level. Um, but he, he did look a lot better this year. He's a hundred percent healthy, uh, which is, which is good news for, which was good news for Iowa. I mean, you know, we saw them kind of turn things around after a, a struggle start and you know, they're able to run the ball. So we'll see what happens with Alaric Jackson, but I felt like he's an interesting name because I think someone just. Have, still have him like
0: borderline first round, second round,
1: you know, even though he, he really isn't
0: of could, that level. Could not be me. Could could not be me, my friend. Um but yeah, I like Alec Jackson. I think he's he's definitely someone that's gonna be Kicked inside this again, this offensive tackle class. It's so hard to stand out unless you have like elite tape. Um, and of course, there are still some guys we're waiting to hear from. Uh, I haven't heard anything about Daniel Falele, I haven't heard anything about Abraham Lucas from Washington State. Those two guys go back. Uh, that'll definitely help the case of some of these lower tiered or like kind of mid to low tiered offensive linemen because I mean, for me personally, that's 10 and 11. Uh, Jackson Carmen, who knows if he, if he, you know, Clemson. Wins the national title, sure, he's gone. If they lose, he might come back. We've seen yeah, that before with Clemson.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we know that they like to bring their players back and try to win championships, and that's kind of the culture they've built. Um, but, so I wouldn't be surprised if Carmen decides to come back. I mean, I feel like his tape hasn't been that strong this year. Uh could definitely be better. And I feel like he just didn't really – capitalize on that kind of momentum he had towards the end of the season, you know, when people thought he shut down Chase Young, quote unquote. Um, but yeah, he just hasn't had that same momentum, that same uh, you know, I guess confidence or or just not playing the same as he was last year. And you can attribute some of that to the pandemic because they really haven't had a chance to get a rhythm but at the same time you kind of expect him because like people thought he was going to be a top tackle but he hasn't even been mentioned you know as a top tackle this year so
0: yeah uh kind of rifling through some more of these uh these players um trying to see obviously the big weekend for my brand devin at, at defensive tackle as the first team uh uh at the position are both guys that I heavily associate with and that's Davion Nixon and Darius Stills uh both big time brand guys uh Stills has declared I don't think Nixon has yet uh but all indications are he's going to so that'll be very nice um other than that Zaven Collins has officially entered the draft which is nice he's going to slide in the first round I think here okay. I want to talk about Zaven Collins and Nick Bolton. I honestly think both of these guys are going to go round 1. Collins is almost a lock for me to be round 1 player. But Bolton, man, he's just so good. He's just so damn good, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of the few bright spots on our defense uh Tyrese uh Galipsi is as well the safety um but yeah i mean they he's played really well this year um alabama tape is probably some of the best from a linebacker you'll see i mean he was filling holes all over the field um you know kind of neutralizing naji harris uh, he's really athletic really you know that new kind of linebacker he's not you know the guy that's in the box all the time he can come off the edge you know drop back in coverage. Uh, do it all, really. And we know about Zayvon Collins. We know he brings to the table. He is just a freak athlete, 6'4", 260, which is ridiculous for a linebacker. Um, and he comes off the edge as well. You know, I think it's really going to come down to who you prefer in testing. I think Nick Bolton might test a little bit better than Zayvon Collins, which may hurt Collins, maybe or not. We'll see. Um, but they're, they're both, I mean, shoot what linebackers two and three right now uh potentially you know we got uh jock as well uh you have in that mix but you know they four of them including parsons man i mean they could all slip hurts round. to be honest depending on what, what the team needs are you know so we'll see what happens
0: yeah definitely uh any any other ones you want to talk about and then we'll kind of quickly touch on the nfl action from this week
1: yeah, there was, there was a couple more, uh, that I was looking at, uh, that, you know, or, you know, kind of intriguing or, or, names to watch that necessarily, uh, don't get that much buzz. One, uh, being Kylan Granson from SMU, uh, like we, like we brings to the table, uh, you know, watching SMU, watching Shane Bouchel, you see a lot of, uh, Granson and he was kind of the safety option, especially after, um what's his name went down. Uh, the, the SMU receiver, Reggie Roberson went down. So, uh, he's a name to watch. He's gonna be down in the Senior Bowl, I believe. So, uh, could, could make some big money there. Uh, looking at some of the receivers, we know that, like, Austin Watkins. Saw the Des Fitzpatrick. I think he just got accepted to the Senior Bowl. Uh, he's, he's like one of those guys that, like, he just makes plays. You know, he's not overly big. I think he's like 5'11, like, 200 pounds. Uh, it's kind of one of the smaller builds, not necessarily someone that's going to probably even go in the first couple of days, but probably like round five, round six guy has some speed on him, Uh, but should be interesting to see what he does at the senior bowl. We really didn't get to see him. I feel like blossom, you know, a lot of eyes were on Tutu Atwell uh, for Louisville. But I think, you know, Fitzpatrick can be an NFL receiver, wide right receiver three or four in the NFL team. Could be a potential returner as
0: well. So, so a name to keep out for it as well. Yeah, definitely. I think we ran through a decent amount of players. Obviously, there's going to be a. Uh, there are some guys we've missed. There are some guys that we've talked about a lot. So, it just didn't feel right to just continuously talk about them. But, let's transition to the NFL. There's some big news with the NFL. The first two picks are solidified. And right now, as it stands, the Miami Dolphins could make the playoffs, Devin, and still pick third overall. Yikes. <laughs> Thanks, Bill O'Brien.
1: Yep. He messed up once again. Also, uh just in Mason Rudolph starting for the Steelers on Sunday against the Browns. Oh. So
0: Now is that because they've already clinched the playoff spot and in, in, in the division and it doesn't really matter.
1: <laughs> well that and, and it's also Miles Garrett memes are coming back as well.
0: Oh my God. Um, I just thought about that. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be amazing. So,
1: but yeah, uh, going back to what you're saying. Yeah. Houston, man, they are, they're in a really bad spot. It, it's, it's no other way to put it. They're in a bad spot, man. You know, you go four, about to go four and 12 probably get the number three pick and the Miami Dolphins have it. So you're not even going to be able to build. You're not even going to be able to get better in the draft. So, you know, whoever comes in as their next coach, they have a lot of cleaning up to do a lot.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to talk about those first two picks though. I feel bad for our guy, Clay, uh, <laughs> Clayton, uh, blue chip, who is a diehard jets fan who, will not be getting Trevor Lawrence this year. But I do want to take a look at uh at Jacksonville's outlook because they have two firsts, two seconds, and two fourths this year. So I think it's safe to say at number one they're getting Trevor Lawrence, right? Yep. Yeah. Now, their second pick comes from the Rams, And as I take a look at the updated draft order right now, the Rams would be picking 21st. I don't know about you, Devin. 21. Oh, by the way, the Jags also have the most cap space in the NFL as well. I have a feeling that this is actually going to be a pretty easy turnaround. It should be. Here's why. It should be. It's not just you can get any general manager you want because you have the number one overall pick in a year where you have the most hyped prospect at quarterback in nearly a decade in Trevor Lawrence. But you have two first-round picks in a very deep draft. You have a decent amount of young talent that's on the cheap. I uh, I was listening to... Uh, Benjamin Solak and Trevor Sykema today. Miles Jack is their most expensive contract this year. $15 million. Andrew Norwell is $12 million. And then the next most expensive player on their roster, Devin, makes $6 million. Yeah. They have a ridiculous amount of cap space. It will be the most in the league. They oh. don't have anyone really of note that's going to command big money. Sydney Jones is probably going to be brought back at a decent cornerback two price tag, probably in that seven to eight million dollar range. You can afford that. There's also Greg Robinson, where if you, or Greg, no, Cam Robinson, not Greg Robinson. Cam Robinson, you can bring him back at that Halapuli Vati deal of like ten million dollars a year. That's kind of a good price range for him. You're not Going to want to pay him Donovan Smith money, because that's exactly what that would be if you decide to pay him $13, 14 million dollars a year. Not the best idea. You can kick him to right tackle and be okay. Draft someone at, at twenty-one. Maybe a Rashawn Slater makes it that far. Maybe a Christian Derisaw. Maybe Sam Cosby. And then you can come back in round two because you're back on the clock at thirty-three. So you've now got quarterback, left tackle. I think your defense is actually pretty good because you're not going to want to draft another edge rusher. You have Dewan Smoot, who you can bring back on a relatively cheap deal. You also have Calavon Chase on, who you spent a first-round pick on. Maybe you go corner to go opposite of C.J. Henderson, but you also have a decent offense that needs some weapons. Maybe at 33, you address the tight end if you don't go in, uh, and get it in free agency with like a Jonu Smith or a Hunter Henry. Maybe there's a Pat Fryer move there. If not, you know what I would do, Devin? I'm looking right at wide receivers. I've already got LaVisca Chenault in the building. I've already got um, DJ Chark, who, by the way, they're going to have to pay after next year, which is not ideal. Not getting a fifth-year option on him. You draft one just in case you don't think you're going to be able to bring back DJ Chark because he's going to want wide receiver one money. And if you're not sure that he's worth that, go and draft a wide receiver at 33. Terrace Marshall could still be there. Maybe Rashad Bateman goes in for a fall. Maybe he's still there at 33. Maybe you just decide to turn this into Madden and just go the Chiefs of the South. You've got Trevor Lawrence. And you've already got, you know, LaVisca Shenault, who's like a playmaker with the ball in his hand. Just go get Kadarius Tony and get another, you know, just video game player or Rondale Moore.
1: I feel like they will only do that if they re-sign Chark or sign somebody else on the market.
0: On open Oh, market. by the way, you know who else hit free agency this year? Screw it. You can convince them. Get out of the cold. Come to somewhere where it's nice and warm, and you got the number one overall pick in the draft. And in a year or two, that division could be yours. Here, Kenny Galladay. Here's eighteen million dollars a year. Could be. You imagine that Trevor Lawrence to uh, to Kenny Galladay?
1: Be insane. So yeah, they, I mean, be insane. I mean, they they thousand. have a lot. Yeah, they have a lot that they can uh, do with what they have. I mean. And then
0: again, you have another second, so you could come back and who knows, maybe you go and get like uh Trey Smith to help the interior or someone of that ilk. This offense needs a lot of work because it's very much broken. It has the it has young playmakers, but no one's really broken out with the exception of Shark, and there's a lot of uncertainty around him. Are you willing to pay him next offseason fifteen million dollars a year?
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like whatever they do in free agency and before the draft, I feel like that's going to kind of tell us more about what they could do during a draft. Uh, you know, if they go out and, and sign, uh, you know, good receivers or offensive linemen, you know, fill some of those holes on offense, you could, you could see them go in for specific, uh, you know, positions or whatnot. So should be interesting to see what Jacksonville does.
0: I do want to talk about the Jets for a second because I feel like. I, I feel bad for Jets fans because you go zero thirteen, and it seems like it's a lock. And then Adam Gase decides now's the time to actually start trying to win ball games. Which, if he wins three in a row, Devin, don't don't tell me they're gonna. No, they can't. They can't do this to Jets fans. They can't bring him back again. But uh, here's the thing. There, I want to pose this question to you. Because this has been a a hot topic on on, on Twitter lately. If Mm -hmm. you're the Jets at two, there really are two options, right? You can – here's the thing. I keep seeing that the option for them is to draft Panay Sewell, right? No. I've I've been seeing that, and to me that doesn't make any sense. I love Panay Sewell. You have Makai Becton already. And yes, that offensive line is bad. But when you draft Pene Sewell, you, one of Becton or Sewell has to move to right tackle.
1: And you really don't want to do that. I mean, you unless, that. unless you just have no other choice or there's not a good enough pick right there. I mean, there's no reason to really take it because you can get a good tackle still later. You can trade up later. You know what I'm saying? Here's, like, if you want to, if you want to, like, if you wanted to get, like, a, a really good right tackle, like, you can just wait. You know what I'm saying? Cause, like, le- like every team. And one at the runs, end of the
0: round one with, cause yeah. you already have the, the, uh, the Seattle
1: pick. Right. So you have another shot to get a tackle, a right yeah. tackle where you don't have to try and train them. Given the
0: depth of this class at tackle, and their pick situation they don't need to take one at 2 doesn't make any sense you don't need to kind of i don't want to say waste to pick on Paneseru cuz it it doesn't it's not a waste but you already have a very good left tackle in, in Micah Becton.
1: well then and you don't even know if you're going to go Sam Darnold full time or not like if, if you're not all in on him if you
0: don't pick at 2 you're you're going with Darnold and then here's the thing What's been the thing with, you know, the problem with Darnold? Lack of consistency in play calling. You can't bring back Adam Gase, which means that you're having to tell a incoming head coach, you're going to have to deal with Sam Darnold for one more year. Because we don't feel like Justin Fields or uh, Zach Wilson or Trey Lance are worth that pick. The only way, here's what I can see them doing. I still think that they can take a quarterback without it being at 2 and come away fine. You have to trade out. You get a king's ransom of picks for next year. Let's say... Let, I think it's against anything that Cincinnati would want to do to trade up. niners, maybe? That would involve a long way back. I mean, that would be a ridiculous haul that they'd get going from from 2 to 15. But, all right, looking at the draft order, Miami's not going to take a quarterback at three. Atlanta, maybe. Cincy, no. Philly, maybe. Maybe. I don't know yet. I haven't quite made up my mind yet as to whether or not I want a quarterback at three. Detroit? Depends on Stafford. Does the new GM just decide, screw it, we're starting entirely from scratch. Trade Stafford. If Stafford's traded and they get, say, let's say um, Big Ben retires. If you're the Steelers, are you trading your first-round pick for Matt Stafford? I would. You're trading him for essentially pick 28 right now. I mean... If you think that your window is still open... Matt Stafford makes some sense.
1: It um, makes it makes some, but if I'm the Steelers, I may be more inclined to go younger.
0: I mean, I would as well. I think that honestly, Stafford becomes an option for who knows what what New Orleans is going to do in the off season. Are they going to re sign uh, Jameis Winston? Is Drew Brees going to be back? Who knows? What if Brady just kind of does what Brady's done lately and fall falls apart in the playoffs? Does he just decide to wrap it up? Is he done? Maybe, maybe not. I don't think Stafford's going to be playing in Detroit next year. And if he is traded, maybe, you know what? If Phillip Rivers retires and they just decide, screw it, we we need to kick that can down the road, we'll trade you 18 for Matt Stafford. You have 7 and 18. You can easily, if you're Detroit, trade up to 2. Get that first pick. Now the Jets have 2, sorry, 3 first-round picks. Could be, and then you take, you'd have eighteen, um, you'd have seven, eighteen, and then, uh, oh, sorry, no, yeah, Detroit would have two first round picks. I don't know why I said three. Yeah, you could see Detroit trade up maybe to two. If I'm the Jets, I'm trading back to a team that wants Zach Wilson. If I'm if I'm committed. Two we'll ride this thing out with Darnold for one more year. Trade back, let's say Detroit, because I've already gone through the scenario now. So Detroit trades, the pick they would get for Stafford and uh eighteen uh, sorry, and their pick at seven, they trade to the Jets. The Jets are now sitting at seven. Atlanta might go quarterback, Philly might go quarterback, but if one of those passes on them, boom, right at seven, Trey Lance is right there. You sit Trey Lance for a year. You start Sam Darnold, and then you still have five years, you know, guaranteed. Or sorry, four years guaranteed with Lance. The potential for the fifth year option. You sit him for a year because he's going to need time to develop. You let Darnold ride out his one year, and then you start next year, and you've already got Trey Lance in the building. But the Jets would then come away with again three first-round picks. So You'd have seven. You'd have eighteen, and you'd have the the Seattle pick. And then you have, again, 34. This is actually a pretty easy turnaround. It all depends on what you need to do and if you play it smart. Again, what I just proposed has a lot of question marks because that means that Detroit has to trade Stafford and then trade up, which is very risky. I don't know what your thoughts on that are.
1: I mean, it's a lot, and, you know... I just don't know if I would want Zach Wilson in Detroit, you know. I just feel like they don't have stability at all right now. Um and it really well, depends on either. and it really depends on who they bring in as a head coach. I think that will kind of determine if they're gonna be that aggressive and, and try to get a quarterback. Because uh, if you get, you know, a fantastic play caller or, or, you know, one of those offensive coordinators, young ones, um, I mean it, it it's kind of difficult to see them not trying to go and get a quarterback considering that Stafford you probably just need to move on from him you know especially with your team kind of being in rebuild mode the defense is going to probably get all types of broken up and torn down and and getting rid of all those Patriot former ex-Patriot players um so I mean it it could be an, you know a possibility I I don't know if Detroit will follow through with that uh I think they'll have a hard time letting go Stafford and uh trading him but you know if the right price is there and say like the Colts want him you know I could see the Colts very easily going after one of those veteran quarterbacks uh to try and capitalize on their window especially with a really good defense you know I could see Stafford in in Indianapolis Colts uniform and then that's when everything kind of, you know, gets crazy from that point. So I can see that scenario. I think that'd probably be the most ideal scenario of someone trading up. I could also see the 49ers trading up. I, I for some reason, I feel like, you know, they feel they are, you know, a pretty damn court, good quarterback away from being a good team again and not being, having half their team injured. So I kind of got in my mind that I really lo- want Zach Wilson or um, probably Trey Lance in a 49ers uniform. I think those would probably be the next best fits after Lawrence goes. So that's why I think the 49ers could be in play to trade up. And depending on how they feel about their team, they could be like, let's go and, and try and get a serious upgrade. Because, I mean, if you look at the division, you know, Kyler Murray is kind of ailing right now. Um, Jared Goff is, he's not been great. He's probably going to get replaced after this year, or Rams fans want to see him replaced. And then you got Russell Wilson, who was the class of the conference, so, or the division, I should say. But I don't know, man. It, it's it's going to be interesting to see all those, you know, scenarios play out on draft night and leading up to it. But I, I think there's going to be a team that wants to trade up for a quarterback at two, uh, which, May suggest lives, you know, a lot harder because they have to figure out one, their new coach, assuming that Gase gets fired, uh, next Monday, hopefully. And, you know, kind of go from there.
0: Yeah. Anything else you want to say before we get on out of here?
1: Uh, no, nah, man. Just, just excited to be back, back in full swing of, of draft mode and draft season. Um, you know, ready to watch some defensive players. We got to do our uh, initial defensive rankings within the next couple of weeks. So I'm, I'm going to try and, and get caught up on some tape, you know, defensive players and, and start being able to rank them and kind of get them down on paper. But excited to be back, man. Um, looking forward to watching, especially the safety and corner class, see what they are about. Uh, Seen a bit of a linebackers. I need to get in the interior defense alignment, some edge as well. But looking forward to it, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Kind of do some shameless self-promotion, if that's okay with you. Uh, I put out an ACC season in review. I looked at what went right, what went wrong for each team in the ACC. Where I was right and wrong uh, previewing, case in point, I was very wrong about North Carolina State. I thought they were going to be the worst team in the conference. They were not. Um, I was very wrong about Duke. I was very wrong about Florida State. I was kind of spot on with uh, with Georgia Tech. I didn't think that they were going to be overly good, but I did think that they'd win a couple of games. Um, so that that's something you can check out. I'll be doing that over the next couple of weeks with all of the Power 5 conferences. Um, when you're listening to this on Wednesday, I'm going to be kicked back with my feet up, just kind of enjoying a nice day off, uh, and then we will be back to preview on Friday, we'll be back in time for the New Year's six uh, bowl games. That's going to be a lot of fun for us to preview. Kind of where we kind of started this this new wave of of the blue, uh, sorry, of the uh, Big Shots um, uh, podcast. You know, we kind of started doing our own thing around those those bowl games. But until next uh, next time, guys. Later in the week, you can follow me at Mike H underscore Draft on Twitter. You can follow Devin on Twitter at RealD underscore Jackson. You can follow the show on Twitter at Big Shots Pod. Follow Blue Chip Scouting on Twitter at Blue Chip Scout. And as always, guys, use the promo code Big Shots, all one word, all caps, to get ten percent off your next Built Bar purchase. Take it easy, guys.